This is Financial Standard, the definitive source of news, thought leadership and analysis for Australian wealth management professionals. Financial Standard. Take the lead. I'm Cassandra Valdini. This is the Financial Standard podcast. Minister for Financial Services Stephen Jones recently unveiled the planned updates to the annual superannuation performance test, aimed at addressing the issues raised in Treasury's review of the Your Future, Your Super laws. So far, industry responses to the changes, due to take effect in August, have been varied, with some raising concerns around the new regime. Here with me today to shed some light on the matter is Industry Super Australia Deputy Chief Executive Matthew Linden. Matt, thanks for jumping on the show. Good to be with you. Can you break down for our listeners, what are the key updates? Well, look, there's a number. Uh, As you said, there was this review, which occurred in the last half of last year, of these Your Future, Your Super uh, uh, changes, including the performance test, and that's where the focus of these announced changes are. So uh, the, the key measures include an extension of the performance test beyond the default My Super products to choice products. And uh, there's only a subsection of choice products which will be assessed, but nevertheless, it's extended the performance test to choice superannuation products. The other key change is that the test period for the performance assessment is being extended from currently eight years uh, out to 10 years. Um, So it'll be over a longer duration. There's some additional benchmark indices. So Uh, The way the performance test works is they look at basically a composite portfolio, which is tailored to each product, and uh, it tracks the underlying strategic asset allocation of the product. And what they're doing is they're adding some additional benchmark indices to pick up some differences which exist within some of those those asset classes. So they're the the headline changes in terms of what's uh, what's been announced. The minister has said that uh, they're going to consider further changes, but there is a limitation because they wanted to get these changes, both in respect to the updates for my super performance testing and the extension to some choice products, done in time for the performance assessments to occur as of 30 June this year. As you mentioned, the performance review period for all funds is also rising from that eight-year to 10-year mark. And this obviously works to combat short-term thinking in super and will also lessen the outside impacts of events like COVID-19. What do you make of this, given super is a long-term investment? Is there an argument to make for it being even longer? Look, there was some quite detailed consideration of this issue by the Productivity Commission, um, which was uh, the review which predated these reforms. And One of the limiting factors, the reason why it was seven and then eight years was because of the limit of data available for my super products. So there was a data limitation which impacted on the duration which the performance test could operate. And uh, what the ministers confirmed is that as a further year rolls through in respect to the data collection, they're going to extend out that performance testing period and it'll get to uh, 10 years. Now, In our view, this is a very important change. As you said, superannuation is a long-term investment. For uh, many members, that means decades. The investment horizon is decades. So uh, 10 years, uh, I think, is a very important change. It also aligns with a range of other uh, regulatory disclosures and obligations for trustees. So the uh, product dashboards, for instance, for MySuper um, require trustees to 
to identify what their investment return objective is, and that's normally over a 10-year period. And also, too, there's a look-back period in those product dashboards of 10 years. So this begins to align the performance test with some of those key disclosures that members uh, receive when they're thinking about joining a product. So I think moving to 10 years is definitely uh, a step in the right direction. As we get more data, it may well be uh, feasible and possible to extend the test period or even for the government to think about multiple periods. So to identify products which perform well you know, over the shorter term, say 5, 10 and even longer periods, 15 or 20 years. We know uh, the data for many of these my super products certainly my uh, industry super fund my super products have been in the market for a very long period of time so the ratings agencies have got performance data stretching out now to 20 and 25 years um, but not across all products there remains some faith or value-based funds that feel they've been hard done by for instance future super has flagged some of the benchmarks are still inadequate like the unlisted infrastructure benchmark which is highly concentrated on transport and has minimal exposure to renewable energy or the aussie equity benchmark that skews heavily towards producers of fossil fuels one could argue that this presents a disincentive to investing in line with net zero commitments what are your thoughts well, this has been an issue that has come up uh, in the course of the review and, you know, all funds now and institutional investors in particular um, have got fiduciary obligations around the transition that's occurring in the economy and that means, a, you know, a reduction in emissions and the carbon footprint. They're looking at this in respect to their portfolio and we don't want to see and I, I don't think anyone wants to see the construction of these benchmarks um, impacting on uh, those, you know, what are very sound investment decisions uh, to fulfil, you know, the fiduciary obligations to their members and arguably invest in uh, members' best financial interests as well, thinking about the medium and longer term. There have been some changes to the infrastructure benchmark, which I think go a long way to addressing some of those concerns. There was a very heavy concentration in the unlisted infrastructure benchmark to uh, transport assets and ports and airports. Um, but there's there's a change that's been proposed to that infrastructure benchmark to uh, look at a median measure, and uh, that changes the uh, in respect to the the compound return of that benchmark um, brings it back a bit to be much better aligned with what you'd call regulated infrastructure assets, and that includes in the uh, energy sector including renewable energy, uh, where, you know, there are controls over the pricing and uh, they're less, for instance, linked to sort of economic infrastructure assets, which um, tend to uh, benefit from some of those higher returns. So I think that actually the change in respect to the infrastructure, unlisted infrastructure indice, I think on, uh, on balance will improve the situation. Okay. And in conclusion, Jones explained the updated test will look to address unintended consequences while ensuring it's more fit for purpose for choice products. Do you think this will be achieved or what work still needs to be done? I think this is still very much a work in progress. You know, there's no doubt that this performance testing regime, I think, is uh, a big step up from what existed before, which was really very little scrutiny actually on the way in which uh, funds and trustees were managing members' assets and what sort of performance they are delivering. 
but there's still many issues which need to be addressed. So I mentioned earlier that the one of the key changes is the extension of this test beyond my super to choice products. And if you actually look at the evidence in the Productivity Commission review, there's actually a case to say that governments should have actually started with choice products because they actually exhibited the highest fees and the poorest uh, returns. Um, now, instead, there's a decision to start with my super products, which um, historically have performed much better and have much lower fees. But the government is extending to choice products, but they're only a subsection of choice products called trustee-directed products. Uh, that will leave out uh, a whole range of other choice investment options, which we know from you know the Banking Royal Commission were actually really poorly performing. A whole host of single asset class investment options are excluded um, from the performance test at the moment. Uh, retirement products. So there's been a lot of discussion about you know the system being fit for purpose, and we've got a significant wave of people coming into retirement. The the way the test stands at the moment, even with these changes, retirement products aren't being performance assessed. Um, that is crazy. This is a point where members, at, in respect to their superannuation savings, have most savings at stake and they're considering uh, where they might put their money in the retirement phase and there's no performance test there to ensure what for many people will be hundreds of thousands of dollars can be invested in uh, a quality, good performing product. So we think that um, that is something which should have happened already and uh, we think is probably the highest priority in respect to further changes uh, in this space. They need to extend those uh, performance tests to include retirement products. Um, that is absolutely critical. There's also two we know in what's been announced. Um, the government's decided to have a higher fee benchmark for choice products. And within choice products, two different categories, uh, both platform and non-platform products. Um, again, we think uh, that's probably giving a leave pass to those funds which are operating higher fee products. We're not really persuaded by the idea that these higher fees are justified. Um, so including in the benchmark a higher fee assumption, we think is the heading in the wrong direction. We'd like to see, you know, what the, the way the test works, for instance, on the investment fee side identifies what an efficient cost is for investment across the whole suite of asset classes. We think that there should be a view about an efficient administrative fee for accounts. So, you know, we think that uh, having these different tiers of admin fees built into the test, uh, which actually lower the performance bar for choice products, uh, is something which we think uh, the government should reconsider. We discussed a bit earlier that the government's actually added, I think, an additional 10 benchmark indices mm -hmm. um, to the test. One of the problems which uh, you know we have identified and other experts is that having these highly tailored benchmarks actually removes any sort of incentive for funds to reassess their underlying asset allocation. Um, by having a better diversified portfolio, they can achieve higher risk-adjusted returns and lower volatility. But the way the test works at the moment is actually nets out the effect of those asset allocation decisions. Uh, and we think that's a significant failing. 
one of the things which we and others have actually suggested is it would be better to move to a more simplified approach where, for instance, across my super, there was a simple uh, naive reference portfolio comprising around 70% growth assets and 30% defensive assets and uh, trustees be assessed against that naive uh, portfolio and demonstrate how they're actually adding value for members. If members are paying significant amounts of money to funds to manage uh, their superannuation savings expertly, then those funds ought to be able to demonstrate that actually they can achieve better returns for those members than a simple diversified portfolio. This is actually an approach which is used in New Zealand for one of their sovereign wealth funds. Uh, and what it does is addresses this issue where actually trustees can add value for members through fundamental decisions around uh, around uh, strategic asset allocation. We know when we've looked at the data that, for instance, fees only make up uh, around at most one third of the difference in uh, the net return performance differences we see in my super products. So fees are important, but actually they're a small part of the overall performance equation. So we think moving to a simplified uh, benchmark would actually be a better approach here. And we hope that that's something that the government considers. Some really great takeaways, Matt. Thank you so much for sharing that with us today. No problems. Thanks for listening to this Financial Standard podcast. For more information, visit financialstandard.com.au. Please keep in mind that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider personal circumstances. Reliance should not be placed on any content without further independent financial research and advice. 